Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9. I'll be reading from verse 14 through 29. Um, And it says this. And when he, meaning Jesus, everybody say Jesus, Jesus. came to the disciples. Now, let me just give you a very quick backdrop. Jesus is literally coming off of the mountain in a scene in the Bible, which is depicted as the Mount of Transfiguration. He had just pulled his three main disciples up this mountain and something happened. Jesus' glorified body. He starts telling the disciples a lot of information, foretelling them of things that are going to happen in the future. Jesus comes down this mountain, and there's a little boy who's possessed with a demon. And so as he comes down this mountain, he saw a great multitude around them, meaning uh, the disciples and the scribes, meaning the religious leaders at that time. They were disputing with the disciples. And immediately when they saw him, this is interesting, Interesting. they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him and asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And one from the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought to you my son who had a mute spirit. Everybody say it was a demon. It was a demon. It was a mute spirit. It couldn't speak. The kid couldn't speak. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and he gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And I spoke to your disciples and asked them if they could cast it out, but they could not. Everybody say they couldn't. They could not. But he answered and said to him, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Somebody say Jesus always has the answer said, bring him to me. And then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed in him and he fell to the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. And so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? I'm just going to park there for just one quick second because the Holy Spirit really illuminated. I never have paid attention to that verse. Honey, listen to this. This is powerful. He asked him, how long has he How long has this been happening to him? How long has this been happening to him? Interesting, very interesting. Today, I'm going to be teaching about keys. Everybody say keys. Because the disciples tried to cast this demon out. It would not come out. So Jesus is prodding. How long has this been happening to him? Because if you can understand where this kid has been and how long this has been happening, it can give you a key so that you can uh, see results. I'm going to make sense of this in just one moment. So in deliverance ministry, I'm seeing now more than ever, uh, when you're praying for someone, I, I ask a lot of times now, is, is there any witchcraft? Like if I'm not seeing results, I will ask that person, is there any witchcraft in the family line? Because sometimes you can pray for someone and they either get set free or you, we see breakthrough. It's not always about demonic possession or oppression. Sometimes somebody's dealing with a fear or they're not seeing breakthrough in a certain area of your life. The information that you get from them can give you a key to unlock a miracle in that person's life. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? This room is full of people. Pretend this is a classroom. And if there is one person who is giving a problem, let's say Johnny. 
is giving an issue. If I say everybody settle down, more than likely everybody's not going to settle down. But if I identify Johnny, Johnny, please let me see you outside. It solves the issue in the room. Do you understand? Because you're identifying. In the spirit world, the enemy doesn't recognize your authority until you identify him with authority, specifically. God, heal my life. God, the blanket prayers, we call them blanket prayers. But if you identify something with specificity, you can deal with that particular issue. Does, does that make sense to everybody? So he's asking him question because Jesus needs a key. Because the disciples had the same authority that, I know this may sound, and I'll get to that scripture, but Jesus will show us in the scriptures how he gave them the same authority. So what is Jesus doing different? He's using a key. Say a key. A key. You following me? Okay, so he said, from childhood, and it often throws him down into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and him. And Jesus said, if you can believe, say, faith is a key. That's just one key. Do you see Jesus says, if you can believe? If you can believe, everybody say a key again. Faith is a key. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, I love this, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and said to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the, you have to be specific. Enter him no more. Say, be specific. And then it convulsed and came out of him, and he became one as dead. And many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, this is my scripture reference, this next verse that I'm about to read, verse 29. But when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Everybody say, why is this not working? So he said, they said, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind, this kind cannot come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Say, that's a key. You may have your seats. Today, I feel so strongly in my heart there, there are the first and foremost important sermon that any minister could preach or any person could share with another is about salvation, salvation in Christ, right? That is the main message. That was Jesus's heart. He wanted to bring salvation to people. But I feel, I feel this message that I'm about to release, and, and I, I'm going to be as fast as I can. Is everybody okay on time? You know, um, I feel that this is probably this, one of the second or even third most important sermons I'll ever preach. It is, it is not completely clear as the direction because sometimes I just, just get pieces. But I really truly believe that if you listen closely and if, I, I feel if you're, if you're in this place and you have a pen or a highlighter, it would be, it would be smart uh, to, to jot down some notes maybe. Um, and if you, uh, for whatever, are watching this um, at a later date, I encourage you to, to take notes. But I want to identify something here in this scripture because these disciples up to this point, up to this point, 
had been walking with Jesus for some time, at, at least one year, because it took Jesus time to disciple them before he sent them out. And the fact that they were out trying to pray for someone while Jesus was away was a sign that Jesus had already groomed them ministerially to some degree. He was grooming them. So say they were pretty groomed by that time. They, they were being groomed. They were being shown how they should minister, keep themselves, how they should attend to Jesus's needs, how they should minister to the needs of people. So, so they had some type of reference point and they possibly could have been uh, a couple years into Jesus's ministry. And, and Jesus's ministry only lasted for about three and a half years. Does everybody know that? But in this particular scripture, I want to identify a couple of things that I want, you, I want to draw your attention to. Look at somebody and say, pay attention for just a moment. The, the fact, number one, is evident. These disciples who had power, say they had power, they couldn't cast this demon out. Number two, they clearly had previous success or would not have been so frustrated about not being able to cast it out. Because they approached Jesus, and what are the words that they what were the words that they used? They said, "Why could we not cast this demon out?" Okay, so they were frustrated because they they evidently, clearly, to me, and I'll show you other verses of Scripture where Jesus had ordained them and sent them out, and they had power. They did not lack power, so they had some kind of reference points to casting out demons, or they wouldn't have been trying to trying to do it. And then Jesus says, "Well, this kind you can't deal with like you just dealt with." This kind you can't deal with just with power. And, and before, I, I want to just give a little uh, prerequisite, if you will, or a, a little disclosure. This, this sermon is not about just demon possession. This has to do with every aspect of your life, okay? So don't get caught in just what's happening in the theme of this scripture. There's a much deeper meaning that I want you guys to get a hold of, okay? So, so I, I want to read this scripture to you in Luke. So we're going to travel over to Luke really quick. It will also be up on the screen. You can write it down for your reference. In Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 2, and then I'm going to jump to verse 17 through 20. And, and I'm going to, I have a problem, okay, guys, as a minister, I, I have one problem. You want to know what it is? I have a problem with shouting. I preach like very fiery. I'm going to do my best today to be a little bit more teachy, Okay. Pray for me. Look, look, they're, they're over there like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm going to try to behave myself and, and, and teach as best I can without getting too excited. When I talk about the word of God, I get a little excited. Yeah. So Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 2 and, and verse 17 through 20. And so they had success. They were clearly frustrated about this. But I want to I reference another scripture to show you that they had power and so it kind of confused me why they couldn't cast this demon out. In Luke 10, it describes it. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. So there were not just the 12 disciples. There were others. And he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Because they were clearing the way for him. And he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers. Look at somebody and say, he's talking about you. Yeah, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into his harvest. And the 70 returned with joy. Watch this. And they said this, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Look at somebody and say, make sure you don't use your own name. Use Jesus' name. That's important. That's a key. 
So he said, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority. Say, I have authority. Behold, I've given you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Say all. All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want to minister a message. I've never given two titles to it, but one of these titles should fit where you're at. Are you ready for the two? Why is this not working? Everybody say, why is this not working? And and the second title, this may fit some others, uh, Keys of the Kingdom. Say, Keys of the Kingdom. Yeah. So so as I'm putting this together and the Lord's dropping this in me and I'm reading these verses, I can't help but think about how many believers who I know that are genuinely saved by the Lord, they love Jesus, they're filled with God's Spirit, they attend church, but yet are frustrated in certain areas of their lives. They are, and it's easy to get frustrated. There's scriptures that talks about uh, when a desire is unfulfilled, the heart gets sick. In other words, when when you're dealing with a persisting matter that is not changing in your life, you've prayed, you've given, you've called everybody and Lottie Dottie, you've called all of your friends, you've complained about it, you've gossiped about it, looks great. I said, scrape. So I was, I was born in Pine Hills, near there, and went to their schools, and I kind of learned that. Us Caucasians now, I learn straight. I know how to say it. So if I say straight, it's intentional. Just looks great. You've gone through the religious motions. You've had the pastor pray for you. And yet, even still, there is persisting matters that are not changing. And and it's easy to get frustrated with God when things aren't changing in your life. Because here's how we internalize it. If God, because Satan has whispered these same things in my ears. If God was good, why is my life not changing? Why am I still dealing with this nagging sickness? Why am I dealing with this problem in my marriage? Why do I always hit a wall in school? Like there's, I, when I try to get ahead financially, I'm always, is everybody hearing what I'm saying today? And it's, it's easy to get frustrated at God. And, and I think in some ways, when I see these disciples, I have a, like a wild Holy Spirit filled imagination. I can see them saying, come out in Jesus name. And the child's still foaming at the mouth, trying to throw himself in the fire. And the disciples are confused because just a few verses earlier in a different book of the Bible, the Bible says that they'd been given all power over the enemy. Why can't they cast this demon out? 
And then the Bible says to us, and I preach to many of you guys weekly, God has given you power, given you authority, yet you're still going home to possibly a dysfunctional home. I speak about how God has heavenly prosperity that he wants to give you, and yet many of you are still struggling and are unable to pay your bills. There are some of you who I preach freedom in Christ, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and you go after God with all of your heart, you'll be set free from every demonic oppression, yet there's some of you who struggle with fears in your mind. Why is it not working? Why are there certain areas in your life that still continue to persist? persist? And you know what I have come to the conclusion of? That it's not that these guys lacked Jesus. And it's not that you lack Jesus. That is not the reason that many of you keep hitting a ceiling. That is not the reason why I hit certain ceilings in my life. You know what the issue is, Rick? We lack certain keys. There are keys in God. Think about a kingdom. Everybody say, God has a kingdom. I feel the anointing. God has a kingdom. In his kingdom, there's many rooms. One Jesus, one Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We've got that. There is no more outside of that. You start getting inside of those things, and you can bet your bottom dollar you're going to have trouble. Look at somebody and say, you don't want to have trouble. Yeah, yeah, but within his kingdom, there are rooms. Rooms to your destiny, rooms to your freedom, room to a miracle and marriages, there's, but there's keys. There's keys to deliverance. Come on, somebody say amen. And so, so I wanna say to you, and I feel for many of you this morning, for God is saying to you, it's not that I don't love you. It's not because I'm not good. It's because you are missing certain keys in your situation. Yeah, and so for, I may get stuck in this thing for a month, so I want you to be patient with me. Look at somebody and say, be patient with him. Patient. Let, let me read this, read this to you. So, so the disciples didn't lack the power of God because Jesus gave it to them. That's clear as I read in that scripture, right? Say they had power. They lacked a key. In, in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus gives them power, as we just read, and they go into all the city and cast out many demons. They have great ministerial success. Jesus sees Satan fall like lightning. Did you catch that? So, so clearly, demon power was being dethroned before Jesus would go to those cities. However, they came to this little boy, demon-possessed, with a mute spirit, and it refuses to come out. They didn't lack power. Watch this. Here's what they lacked. You listening? He said this in verse 29. Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind cannot come out by nothing that's the word he used. Say nothing. Nothing but prayer and fasting. Say prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is a key. It is a key. Now, now, me and my friend, we were talking the other day, and he said, this was hilarious. He said, you know, the Lord was not talking about they needed to go just, if they fast a meal, you know, then God would finally say, oh, you fasted a meal, you went hungry, you can go cast out a demon now. That, that's, not, that's not what the Bible is saying. I think we're clear on that. But, but a lifestyle of prayer and fasting creates a sensitivity in you because instead of sitting down having a meal, feeding the flesh, say the flesh, instead of doing that, you're reading the word, you're praying, and you're living a consecrated lifestyle, which will heighten your sensitivity so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you to give you certain keys. Did you see that? 
So there are keys that God wants to give to you. Did you know there are keys in relationships? There is keys in finances. I'll get to that way later. There are keys for peace. I'll just give you one of them. Can I just give you just a little nugget? I won't charge any extra for this one. So, so it's free. I've seen somebody grab their wallet. Oh, it's that kind of church. No, 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 we're not. In God's word, he says, whoever keeps his mind on me, meaning God, Jesus, say God. He said, whoever keeps his mind on me, I'll keep him in perfect peace. So the key, what would be the key? Keeping your mind on him. Not begging for peace. Not, not trying to control circumstances. Has controlling circumstances ever brought you peace? No. You will always have circumstances. You'll always have people talking about you. Just There's always going to be people who don't like your posts. I'm just trying to make it super practical. You're always going to have somebody who doesn't like your dress or your beard or your clothing. There's always going to be people who don't necessarily like your personality. So none of those things will ever change. We will always have issues with people. That will not contribute. That, that will give you lasting, short-lasting joy. But true peace comes, and the key is keeping my mind on him. Even when my job is bad, God's given me a key. That's to read the word of God, keep my mind on him so I don't go crazy on the boss. That's a key. You, you see? Say it's a key. And there's keys for every aspect of your life. Did you know they were using their faith in casting out that demon? They would have never laid hands on a demon, that, a kid that was foaming at the mouth, had they not had faith. They didn't have a lack of faith. But faith was not the key in that certain situation. There are certain things that you're using your faith for in your situation, and you're like, God, why aren't you moving? Because that might not be the key in that situation. Man, I am giving you, I need my keys. Where are my keys at? Somebody give me a big set of keys. One of you women, I know you have like bundles of keys. I, I, want, I want to, yes, give them to me. Please. Got big keys. There they are. Look, a whole bundle. Oh, oh, yes. Perfecto. Yes. There are different, that's a key. Yeah. In God's Word, this is why this is the most, one of the most important sermons I will ever deliver. Because many of us as believers, if we were honest in here, including me, including me, there are certain situations in our life we've used our faith, we've talked to people about it, we've cried to the Lord about it, and yet it still persists. Because it's not because God doesn't love you, it's because he wants you to consecrate your life in order to hear him and humble yourself because I can't give my keys to Zoe, my three-year-old daughter. I tried to do that one time. She jumped in my big truck, found her way up on the steps, got in the truck, and you know, started messing everything up. And she knows how to start things and stuff now. So, so you, can't, you, can't, you can't give, thank you, Jesus, you cannot give keys to immaturity. One day... You see, God wants to give us all a key, but there are times when we're not ready for it because if the keys end up in the wrong hands before it's time, you can do more damage than harm. I mean, more damage than good. Does that make sense to you?
Say, God, give me the keys in the right time. Your timing. Yeah, so I'm going to hold on to those keys if that's okay. And you have a nice truck too. So I might take it for a spin right after. Somebody say there was a key. I don't know exactly what it is that you guys are in need of this morning. And I don't know the exact key that's going to work for your situation. And I've seen some people who dealt with the same exact problem. Yet when I used certain keys in one issue, it didn't work for the other. Because everybody needs a different key. And it's based on, I think, based on the issue of the heart. Because it could be that person has a lack of humility and they need to go through a trial and a season to sand down those rough edges. Sometimes being broke for a period of time because you thought you were a great provider, but yet God wants to humble you and show you keys to great riches and he wants to entrust you with more, but he's got to bring you through a season of pain, a season of a little bit of lack so he can humble you so you can be trusted because you're not trusted until you're humbled. Amen, pastor. So I don't know if it's peace. I don't know if it's deliverance. I'm being funny today. I don't know if it's reconciliation because we all have different needs and we all have different keys for different situations. Amen. Some people are believing for healing in this room. We've prayed for you and the sickness still, still persists. And I'm, I believe that God and the Holy Spirit are saying, listen, it's not a matter of I'm not going to heal you. I am going to heal you, but we need to use certain keys. Do you know there are certain keys? Don't shout me down now, but there are certain keys where you need to sow. What, and I'll get into this later, but, but I'm going to get a little spiritual. Can I do that? When there are people who have witchcraft in their family line, sometimes it takes more than just saying go in Jesus' name. There's a key. There is a key. Because if there's offerings been made for your life through Santeria, through witchcraft, through certain things, in your generations past that you don't know about and you're not getting free as a result, an offering has been given. Somebody has made an altar, spoken something over your life, and the devil, the enemy, is a legalist. He's looking for a reason to keep you in bondage legally. He goes before God and says, I have a legal right to her. She's mine. If you've made certain covenants with your own mouth, I'm going to die. My brother used to say he was going to die. He was going to die early. And he almost did many, many times. And we'll, we'll get to a testimony about him shortly. He had to renounce certain things to break legal ground so that God could bless him. Are you, please tell me you're following me this morning. So sometimes when you make an offering to God and say, I'm giving you an offering, it will, in the spirit realm, something happens. Boom, something breaks off of your life and then God can begin to bless you. Why? Because you've used the key. Most of you in here, if you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're in the kingdom. So you're probably in the kingdom, more than likely. Look at somebody. Are, are you Mike? No, I know Mike is. But there are doors to breakthrough in the kingdom, and many of us don't have the keys to them. God, I don't know about you, but I feel the Lord on this so deeply. Am I the only one? There's There's keys. There's keys. There's keys to deliverance. There's keys to healing. There's keys to breakthrough. There's keys to demonic oppression. I cut my teeth, not physically. Does anybody know what that means? In my early Christian walk, I've had two pastors in my whole life, one for about 10 years and one for almost five years. 
And so I cut teeth my first 10 years in a deliverance ministry. Pastor Guy Ionello, one of the most awesome people, taught me a lot on deliverance. And I just, I watched on the front row, basically. We didn't have front rows like that. We were in a park at a, at a church sometimes. That's kind of what his church was. So early on from about 17 to about 27, I had rested on the, the umbrella. So I cut my teeth on deliverance ministry. And I have seen firsthand what demons can do firsthand because I had a few of them. And I have personally been influenced by the enemy as a believer, as a believer. Thank God, not as a pastor, but as a believer. And also God has used me and he can use you to cast them out. Amen. And I want to go on record. I I very rarely say that Uh, my disposition has changed. My theology has changed, uh, not scripturally, but uh, theologically. Um, I used to not. I used to think that a believer cannot be influenced by demons. We all know someone who loves the Lord, and who, yeah, I'll. I'll uh, so I want to go on record by saying that my theolo- theology has changed since I've started out with the Lord in the beginning. I used. I used to think that there was uh, no Christian could be bound or demonized or influenced by the powers of darkness. That is complete heresy, and it's unbiblical. It's very unbiblical. And my experience will say that too, and I'll, and I'll get to that in just a moment. I've, I've dealt with pastors who d- d- have dealt with demon oppression. Pastors who preach and shout and have packed churches. Yeah. Anytime you ever see control and manipulation... Somebody just said it in here. There's a Jezebelic-like spirit that is still very alive. Anytime someone is a Christian who is... I love that. Keep shouting. I wish I had a few more of you. Where's James? James should be here this morning shouting. Any, anytime you see lust and perversion dominating you as a believer, you think it's a habit, but demons are fueling those desires. And there's a difference between possession and oppression. You understand? Because possession is you have no control over your mind and your will and your emotion. Influence means heavenly influence through ungodly appetites. You keep finding yourself. And here's how you know it's not you because you feel bad for doing it after you're done. You see that? Because God's sanctifying you. That's how you know you're filled with God's spirit. When it bothers you that you yell at your kids and you're sorry for it. If you have an anger issue. If you have a lust issue, the reason you feel bad for it is because God's spirit is there, yet your soul is still unsanctified, and there's demons or demonic forces influencing your appetites. Am I getting too heavy for you guys this morning? I'm just trying to be a little teachy. And so, and so, so I want to go on record by saying this. A believer in Jesus, saved and going to heaven, can be oppressed by a demon. I was one. Number two, if you have an addiction, you cannot kick. There's an evil influence there. If you battle with constant negative thoughts, usually evil influences are there. If you battle with some kind of habitual sin that you cannot stop in your own strength, the enemy is usually lurking somewhere. Is it getting too spooky for you? And I want to give you two two quick examples. Okay, can we go a little bit longer? Getting ready to close. That's what they said in the old Pentecostal church. They would never close. <laughs> I'd sneak out the door. But I see y'all. You've seen a few weeks ago, I stopped somebody. But you still got a word, though. 
I got a call. Do you want to hear about one of these experiences I had with demon possession? Uh, I got a call from a pastor, and I was an associate pastor. This was about five or six years ago, somewhere in 2016. I got a call. He couldn't get to the house call. And uh, he says, he says, listen, he's my friend. He says, I need you to get to this house call. This lady who was completely normal, uh, hardworking lady. She lives with her parents. She's in her 30s, honey. I brought my wife. I knew better. I said, I'm, I'm not making any house calls. I'm, I'm going to go with my wife, even though the parents were there. That's wisdom. And when I got there, this person was completely unclothed and out of their mind. Now, there are some people who do have mental issues, and it's just mental, okay? But this person was normal the week before. And then come to find out, I said, I, 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 I couldn't get rid of this demon. Hours I was there, hours on a Saturday, spending my whole Saturday trying to cast this demon out. I said, I couldn't cast it out. I took the word of God. I laid it on her. I'm declaring the word of God over her. I'm speaking over her, speaking life. I'm playing worship. I'm doing everything that I can. This demon will not come out. Screaming. There's, I don't want to get too graphic. There's uh, feces all over the room. There's, there's blood. There's, it's terrible what happened. And I went to the mom and I kind of asked like Jesus asked because I was looking for I was looking for a key. I said, where has she been? Where has she been? Because I needed to know what I'm dealing with. Where has she been? Oh, she went to a seance. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> it was some kind of cult. Now, she was a believer. She was a believer. So we had a really rough time, and, and it, it was mute. She wouldn't speak because here's a key. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Confession is a key. When you renounce and ask forgiveness, it's a key that, that unlocks something. You understand? And, and what demons dealing with demonic spirits, if you, if you attempt to get them to speak and renounce something, you'll oftentimes see someone, they won't speak. Why? Because there's power in confession. Oh, you don't believe me. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Demons are afraid of you renouncing and confessing because it's a key that unlocks your freedom and because they're legalists. Is this okay this morning? It's a key. Confession is a key. Renunciation is a key. As I'm preaching this morning, if something comes to your mind and the Lord highlights something, something that you need to confess in your family line, something you need to renounce, that's God giving you a key. Just because you have the key, if you don't come up at the end and use it, that's up to you. But if God gives you a key under the anointing, that's because God wants to set you free. Okay? The enemy does not like me preaching like this, by the way. So, so, so listen to this. So I dealt with almost the same exact spirit through my brother, Matt, who's here. He was 100 pounds lighter. Now he's, he's free. <laughs> Bigger, but he's free. It's more, mostly muscle. So my, bro, my eldest brother, I'm the youngest of four. I have four siblings, Bonita, my, my eldest sister, love that name, Daniel, my, uh, Matt, and then myself. I'm the baby of the bunch. And my brother, he, had, um, he dealt with pharmaceutical uh, addiction for and many other things for about 15 years. And so he was going through a lot of things. And um, for him to be mute is like a miracle all in itself because if I gave him this mic, I would never have it back on a Sunday morning. He, he's, he's the talker, and all my family said amen. Yeah, if anybody knows Matt, he's a talker. So, see, so 
but he, he, my eldest brother brings him to the church. We go into the, the snake pit in the back. It's where we, you know, it's not the snake pit. It's the green room. People are like, whoa, this is a wild church. No, no, it's where deliverance happens for people. It's where we meet and, you know, pray before service. And so, so we go in the back, Rick, and Matt cannot speak. He can't, it's very difficult to believe because I wanted him to confess some things. So my brother says, hey, I need to bring Matt here. He, won't, he can't speak. He's not normal. And I think it's maybe even mental. I guess it's not mental. So he goes in the back, and for one hour, we had to pray just for his mouth to be released so that he can confess. And then what happens is, this is weird. I'm going to get a little weird, and then I'll, then I'll get off the heavy stuff and be practical. I never told you this, but, but he started speaking in a demonic tongue. Does that make sense? But demons, they tell on themselves, they're stupid. <laughs> they're, they're, they have the... Sorry, they're unwise. They're, they're very dumb. So, so, so they started speaking in a demonic tongue, and I could tell it was demonic because it felt like it. It wasn't a regular praying in the spirit. This was not glorifying God, but they messed up. And in the tongue, I, had, I heard the interpretation. And when he was speaking, he was saying, da 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 like that. And I said, it's daddy issues. Because his father passed when he was really young. He was two. We have different fathers. And so his father had passed, and I knew that his addiction was tied to the abandonment. And the enemy had legal ground in the abandonment. So I put on a worship song called Abba, which translated means Papa or Father. And, and those demons were so easy to deal with after I identified it because those demons actually told on themselves, and it gave me a key to unlock my brother's freedom. And now you're free indeed. Is that the truth? And he told you his testimony the other day. Somebody say, Lord, give me a key to my breakthrough. Yes. And I have to clarify this theologically. I have to clarify this, okay? That although I am talking about keys, this is, this is the most critical thing I'm going to say this morning. Jesus is the main door to God's kingdom. I said he is the main door to God's kingdom. There is no other way. Not Krishna. Not any of these other religions. Jesus in the Bible, if we're looking at the Bible, say we have to be theologically sound here. We, we, have, to, we have to make sure we measure scripture. We can't just believe something in the truth because we believe it a lot. It's what the word of God says. Jesus is the only door and the only way. No man comes to God except by Jesus. But Jesus is the door. But within, after you get past that door, there are certain keys to unlock certain breakthroughs in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, so Jesus is the door that gives you access to the kingdom of God to make everything available to you. Okay, I'm going to make it practical. Are you ready? Does God desire everybody to be saved? Why isn't everybody saved? They don't have what? Yes. Is everybody set free from demonic oppression? What are they missing? They're missing keys. Jesus did, paid for everything. He paved the way over 2,000 years ago. He paved the way. He gave us access to the kingdom, but we still don't have access to all the doors to the breakthrough within that kingdom. Okay, so you're in the kingdom of God here, right? Would you admit that all of us are struggling with something and we need a key 
to a certain breakthrough in our life? Come on, freedom, peace, joy. Come on, prosperity. There's, there's keys. There's keys. Say keys. And there are keys to being delivered from demons. You, you have to have a key in certain instances. There are keys to physical healing. There are keys to certain breakthrough. There are keys to financial breakthrough. I got to really drive this. There are keys to peace. Mark chapter eight, verse 33. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Listen, until Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit, he could not be trusted with keys to the kingdom. You understand? Because he didn't have the mind of God. And one of the keys in the kingdom is to get filled with God's spirit so that God can share informational keys that can unlock the blessings of God, the freedom of God in your life. Now watch this. Eventually, Peter, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read those. I'm gonna read that to you actually. Uh, but I want you to notice that eventually Peter would be entrusted with the keys of the kingdom. So much so that even his shadow would heal people. Come on, I'm reading the Bible. He, he, they said people who would be sick. So the same guy that denied Jesus, that cussed and did all of those things, gets filled with God's spirit. And then eventually God trusts him with keys and even his shadow would heal people. It was God's spirit in him. It wasn't Peter. It was God's grace and anointing and power on him. But, but eventually Peter would be entrusted with the keys of the kingdom that even his shadow would heal people because of the presence of God in his life. Now, let me ask you this. You ready? Did Peter lack relationship with Jesus when that demon couldn't get cast out? Think. Remember when they were trying to cast him out? Master, why can we not cast the spirit out? Did, they, did he lack relationship? No. No. Watch. Yes. Right. He didn't. Did he lack proximity to Jesus? Closeness? He was his disciple. Let me make it a little bit more practical. Do you lack relationship with Jesus? No. No. Did Peter lack Jesus' love? Maybe that's why he couldn't cast it out. What did he lack? Keys. Keys. All I'm saying this morning is whatever it is that you're facing, for many of us, we do not lack relationship with Jesus. We do not lack closeness with him. If it were matter of going to church, it would have changed a long time ago. And yes, you should be here every Sunday. Every Sunday. Many of us simply lack keys to the kingdom. Keys. Everybody say keys. If you are going to experience the fullness of God and be given keys to the doors that lead to breakthrough in your life, we have to establish these two keys that I'm about to give you, okay? Are you ready? This is the most crucial point that I just made a little bit ago. Use the front door. Use the front door. What does that mean? Yes, John chapter 10, verses one through 10. This is absolutely critical to experiencing freedom and experiencing breakthrough. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, most assuredly, Jesus is talking. I say to you that he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, say God's way. That's what he's saying, God's way. This is God's way. You have to do it God's way. But climbs up some other way. Spiritualism, some other way. 
that little hand that's on the front of the sign and psychic reading, that's another way. If you're trying to get information into God's kingdom, another way. Ouija board, another way. Christian science, another way. Say, no other way. Jesus is the only door. Does anybody agree with me? Do I have one person? Okay. So whoever tries to climb up some other way, he is the same as a thief and a robber. In other words, I won't give him a key. If you try to go some other way, they're the same as a thief and the robber. Does a key, can robbers get in your house and access things? Of course they can. God forbid it. But they don't have a, they have to break in and steal. So watch this. To him, the doorkeeper opens, meaning Jesus, and the sheep hear his voice, meaning Jesus, and he calls his sheep by name, and he leads them in and out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but he will flee from them, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand this key. Say key. They did not understand this key. I just inserted that. That's not what the Bible says. I'm saying that. So they did not understand the things which he had spoken to them. And then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, watch this. I am the, say use the front door. He said, I am the door. Say the door. I'm the door of the sheep. Who are the sheep? We're the sheep. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. Now I'm going to say this one last thing. Is this pretty good, guys? Can you stand to your feet? I'm going to close in just a moment. I want to read one last scripture. I do want to inundate you just a little bit with lots of scripture. I hope you guys are getting this. I hope the Lord is highlighting things to you. And this is just an introduction For the next several weeks, I'm going to share specific keys. I'm going to get before the Lord, consecrate myself, and ask the Lord to give me keys to share with you, okay, that will certainly line up biblically. But more than that, I am expecting, everybody look at me for just one second, I am expecting every single person in here, every person to have a key to whatever breakthrough it is that you need in your life. I'm going to believe the Lord for your lives. Are you going to believe with me? Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. Anything that we ask will be done. Now now watch this. Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 19. And he said to them, Jesus, but who do you say that I am? Do you see Jesus is the door? Jesus was testing Peter to see if he was ready for the key. You following me? This that I'm saying right now is around that time when Jesus went up to transfiguration where they couldn't cast out the demon. See, and I, and I believe, uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe that this was after they, the scene of them not being able to cast it out. So I believe that Jesus is coming to him and, and he wants to give him the key. He wants to give it to you. Say, he wants to give it to me. <laughs> These keys are so cool. He wants to give you the key, but watch how he tests Peter to see if he's ready. Because this is the most important that I just mentioned, the door. Use the door. Say the door. Jesus being the door. Matthew chapter 16. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter, Simon Peter said, uh, well, there's a previous verse that says, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist. 
those, those were all men of God, but they weren't the, they weren't the door. You remember that? They said, who do men, he said, who do men say that I am? What are people saying about me, Jesus said. Jesus said, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. And he said, but who do you, Peter, say that I am? And so Simon Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood hasn't given you the The Holy Spirit is the giver of the key. Not flesh and blood. You've tried flesh and blood. You've tried meaning you've tried your own way. You've tried your, the, your own strength to change it. And it hasn't changed. But there's a key that the Holy Spirit wants to release so that you can have access. So that you can experience the freedom, the breakthrough, the miracle, the sign, the wonder, whatever it might be. It's the key. Is everybody hearing me? I feel the increase of the anointing right now. Everybody feel the Holy Spirit? Blessed are you, Peter Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, now watch this. Now I say to you, see, Jesus changed it right when Peter got the revelation. He said, okay, you're ready for the key. Watch. He said, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, because on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of, gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can we put that scripture? Do we have that scripture up on the screen? Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. If we don't, it's okay. I may not have given it to you. I want you to write it down for your reference or take a mental note. Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 19. Now watch this. So now that he got the revelation of who Jesus was, Jesus was ready to give him the keys. Are you ready? And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound on earth. And whatever you bind in heaven and whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on the earth. Do you hear what I said? When Jesus, when he had the revelation by the spirit of the door, which was Jesus, everybody say Jesus, Jesus, when the Holy Spirit illuminated that to Peter's mind, he was willing to give him the keys and say, now whatever you bind, whatever demon you try to cast out, you can be trusted. Here's the keys. You want the key to getting out of dysfunctional relationships? When you go through the door and have a revelation of who Jesus is, that's the first level of trust. He'll give you keys. Not all of them. Some of them. Because there's another key here I want to reveal to you. Number two. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So knowing Jesus, you can know Jesus and not have fellowship with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Can I give you one little key? I've studied moves of God for several years. Lutherans, they reestablished, it was one of the biggest awakenings that ever happened was Martin Luther when he took back the power from Catholicism, meaning the Roman Catholics. And he came back to reestablish the fact that we can go to Jesus on our own. We didn't need a priest to go to. See? That was God's heart revealing Jesus to the earth again. And there was a huge awakening through Martin Luther. 
there was this reestablishment of Jesus Christ as the only king, the only true priest that we are to go to directly. We don't need a man or a priest or a pastor to go through to get to heaven. Is everybody following me? One of the second greatest awakenings was a place called the Azusa Street. Now, now so the first one revealed Jesus. These other awakenings, like Azusa Street, was a revealing of the Holy Spirit. When all these signs and wonders began to happen, people would get healed. This was Jesus showing a different key to his, a different part of his personality to humanity. So he revealed Jesus in the Great Awakening through Martin Luther. Then he reveals the Holy Spirit through Azusa Street. Azusa actually means healer. He re, how many ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival? You should study it. And then you got something that I'm a little bit connected with, which was, uh, it was called the Father's Blessing. If you remember the Brownsville Revival, people were getting saved and there was an extraordinary amount of weight of God's presence when you would walk in the room there. And it was God showing his father heart for people. You would experience the love of God when you walked in there. Not like Azusa, not like the Lutherans. It was God showing different sides of himself. What I'm saying is you can experience the redemptive power of Jesus and not experience the Holy Spirit or God the Father's heart. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? When I, there's times when I need redemption I don't go to the Holy Spirit and talk to the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, yet there are three. When I need leadership, when I need comfort and I'm hurting, I say, Holy Spirit, you're the comforter. The Bible tells me you're the comforter. He comforts me. When I need redemption, when I'm not so nice to my wife, I need forgiveness. I need the blood of Jesus. I talk to Jesus. And when I need the Father's heart, I didn't have a dad when I was growing up. I said, God, reveal your Father heart to me. These are different keys. Is that helpful? So, number two, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read Mark 9, chapter 29, and then I'm going to release you guys. And then I want to pray for some people. I got a feeling that demons are going to flee today. Breakthroughs are going to happen. It says, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind cannot come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. You know what prayer and fasting is? When you take a time to consecrate yourself, not concentrate, consecrate. That means set yourself apart to get with the Lord. When we're up here and there's those still moments you were soaking, that's consecration. You're consecrating. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Move upon my heart. Sometimes in all of our busyness, you leave here, we get busy in church, and we go through motions too quickly, that kind may not come out. I'm speaking symbolically. Sometimes we have to consecrate ourselves to the Lord so that we can be given the key to our breakthrough. Amen? Father, we thank you that over the next several weeks, you will touch your people by your spirit. And I pray even now you begin to reveal to people keys to unlock whatever it is that has been hindering them, keeping them from going forward, experiencing the breakthrough in their marriage that they've desired. I pray more than all of that, Lord. There's people in this room that have had a cold relationship with you. They had an experience with religion, but not relationship with you. And I'm asking Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, warm people's hearts even right now because that is a key to their breakthrough. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. 
fill every person right now. Touch every person right now. Begin to illuminate in their minds, in their hearts, whether something has happened in their generational line, if it's something that they need to confess to you in the presence of someone, maybe. That's important. That's the key. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. That's what the Bible says. So there's something to be said about a public confession to somebody. It's almost as if you're doing it to the Lord. They are not the Lord, but that's a key. Public confession many times. Lord, I just pray that you would illuminate whatever that is right now. If a person has a persisting sickness in their body, they've prayed for it, they've stood in prayer lines, but there's a certain key that you want to unlock. Lord, show them right now. Holy Spirit, you said you are the leader who leads us into all truth. Lead us to keys in the kingdom so that your people can experience the fullness of your kingdom. Lord, not just parts of it. We want to experience more than just church. We want to experience just more than a quiet prayer life. We want to experience true freedom. I don't know about you, but I want to, come on. I want to experience true freedom, true breakthrough. I want to see your people walk into the fullness of your power, Lord. And I just ask right now that you would just open the eyes of your people. I pray that you begin to release keys even right now in Jesus' name. There's, there, there's even people in this room that are called to be ministers of the gospel. And you're not walking in the fullness of your calling because there's a key that the Lord wants you to use to unlock that thing. There's been hindrances. There's been certain things in your life. Maybe that key is, you know, getting out of that sin pattern in your life. That's why the Lord hasn't opened those specific doors. But you need keys, keys to say no to those cycles of sin in Jesus' name. You need the grace to say no. Yeah. Lord, release that kind of key this morning. Release grace to say no to certain things so that those doors can be unlocked and open for your people. Those people who've been living in poverty and they, they can't seem to get ahead. It's like putting money in, a, in bags with holes in it. They can't get ahead. Lord, show them keys to the kingdom. Showing what sowing does. Show them, show them what tithing does. How it unlocks something in the spirit realm and releases prosperity and kingdom finances in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's any demonic oppression in this room, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that person who's been dealing with tormenting spirits, fear, those who've been dealing with lust and issues and demonic bondages, Lord, I pray that you would reveal the keys to them right now. Highlight to them what they need to renounce and denounce. Show them if there's something in their family line, if there's someone who's dealing with abandonment, Lord, abandonment due to fatherlessness, Lord, show them the key to their freedom this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's just worship for the next minute or two. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your voice. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.